0: Katniss every day will pay with blood.
1: I am done beating a piece in his game.
2: Go! Katniss! hurry up!
1: Tonight, turn your weapons to the Capitol!
2: The Hunger Games, Mocking J Part 2, rated PG 13. Experience it at IMAX, November 20th.
3: Hello, everyone. This is Rico, and you're listening to Treks in Sci-Fi, the weekly dose of geeky goodness. This is podcast 564, November the the 29th, 2015. Yes, it's a few days after Thanksgiving here in the U.S., so everyone's still a little bit in a turkey coma or a football coma or other food or sports-related coma and yeah, which, uh, you know, neither really are a big deal for me, at least personally. I'm not a big sports fan, and uh, I, you know, had a nice meal on Thanksgiving, but um, yeah, it's Sunday, and a podcasting, and doing a classic style show. It's been forever, it seems like. A lot of things been going on the last month or two, but this week I'm going to look at a, uh, a Trek episode, which is, it's been a long time since I've just covered a uh, a good old Trek episode. This one's going to be from Enterprise. Since I haven't covered Enterprise in a while, I try to mix that up. And we're going to look at the episode Redemption. Sorry, not Redemption. <laughs> I think I did Redemption recently. Or... Anyway, this one's called, sorry, oh my gosh, it's so out of practice. It's called Regeneration, and you can probably guess what maybe that one is if you're familiar with Enterprise, which you should be, since it's great. And uh, now, uh, you know, it seems we're getting another Trek series in roughly a year, a little more than a year, which I might touch on this week a little bit, talk about it. Uh, but yeah, so that's gonna look. we're going to look at that episode of Enterprise, and I've also got another collectible to talk about, a new collectible I just got a few days ago. I've put a few pictures up online of it, so, um, yeah, and talk about what I've been watching and doing, and things around the geeky geekosphere, geekosphere, ooh, that's a good uh, URL, I think. Uh, anyway, that uh, clip I played at the beginning was, of course, from the latest, or the last, I should say, of the Hunger Games movies, Mockingjay Part Do, or Part Deuce, or Part uh, Dos Deuce, what the heck am I saying today? Oh my goodness, part two, which I saw yesterday, and I've read all those books, so I'll give you a, a brief, spoiler-free commentary on that here in a moment, here on Treks in Sci-Fi. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Treks in Sci-Fi podcast.
2: Scotty, beat me up. Fascinating. Stand by to receive our transmission.
3: Okay, again, welcome to the show, everyone. Thanks again for tuning in to Trex in Sci-Fi. I'm your host, Rico. If you're new to the show, a couple of things you should know about. Uh, one, I, I goof up many times on the show, and I don't edit it out. Uh, and two, uh, please uh, take a look at the uh, website, trexinsci-fi.com. Please take a look at the Facebook group. Just search for Trexan Sci-Fi or Trexan Sci-Fi 2.0 when we sort of had to redo that Facebook group a while back. Also, there is a forum uh, over at trexansci-fi.com. Uh, just go to that uh, main page and then click the forum link. And if you want to sign up for uh, being on the forum, we don't have a lot of us anymore. Most of the people have moved over to Facebook, but uh, just send me an email at uh, about uh, getting forum a membership, uh, treksf at gmail.com. That's the way to contact me. So, uh, and I guess while we're doing announcements like that, uh, one last thing that I uh, like to mention each week, uh, Patreon. I, I am trying to support uh, both the podcast and some new efforts I am doing for creating a nice little video uh, cast set here. I'm kind of midway on it, I guess, right now. I've got the upper display to work on still, finish off the lower display. I, I'm hoping to have some time over the holidays to work on it, seriously. Uh, that uh, patreon.com uh, forward slash Fi. And, sci-fi. and the, the great thing about that is is you can just donate like a couple of dollars a month, and it really is not that much. And it goes a long way, especially when uh, several people do it. And again, thanks so much to those who have been uh, supporting and participating that in the last few months and looking for a few new folks to to jump in hopefully here uh, at some point so uh, there we go that's it for those kinds of announcements and what's been going on in the geek world uh, a couple things if you didn't see the big treks in sci-fi austin comic-con vidcast well you're missing out that i put out two weeks ago on vimeo v-i-m-e-o Dot com forward slash trekkie. There are a few music videos up from the convention now that I, I'm putting up uh, on their own. Those are also in the main vidcast. I think it was show five, six. Uh, would it have been two? I think it's two. Yeah, because um, five, six, three was last week. I played that Star Wars Stacks episode. Uh, thanks for to the Star Wars Stacks team of Chris, Jen, and Joe for letting me uh, rebroadcast one of their episodes, Air to the Empire, which uh, I like to cross-promote as much as I can, when I can, because I think there are still people that uh, are not listening to all my uh, uh, little friends show—little friends, I don't know what I'm saying. Uh, I, I mean, the uh, sort of—I don't want to call them spinoffs, but people that have listened to Treks and sci-fi and are doing their own thing, like the Anomaly Ladies uh star wars stacks joe does upper memory block uh you know a bunch more kenny you know there's just so many and all of you guys do great jobs and i want to support them and and promote them as much as i can so that was the most recent one that i put up what else uh, has been happening well i guess you could talk about mocking jay part two went to see that yesterday it was funny arnie over the star wars uh action news podcast I don't know, maybe a week ago or so. The movie came out uh, more than a week ago. I didn't get to see it this till this weekend. The previous weekend, we had Blizzard here, and it was just ridiculous. I wasn't going to go out and try to see that movie. But Arnie on the Star Wars uh, Action News podcast was putting out a call on Facebook for, Hey, is there anyone who lives near me who wants to go to see this movie together with me? Because I feel a little weird, an older guy going to see... You know, this movie about uh, this young uh, heroine, and uh, I don't know why. I mean, I don't think it's the weirdest movie at all to see by yourself. I see a, a fair number of movies by myself, you know, just because I, I like this stuff, and, and Lynn isn't that interested in many of them, although I do got her to go, or have gotten her uh, to go with me to see, of course, The Force Awakens on the um, sort of, we'll call it the preview night in a way, on December 17th, which is like less than three weeks away. We're going that Thursday night. I'm actually going to go Friday again uh, by myself. Uh, but um, anyway, because I want to see it in IMAX and 3D too. And uh, but uh, So she doesn't go, but I go to these movies. Anyway, saw Mockingjay Part 2 yesterday. I'd read all the books. And, you know, Hunger, Hunger Games, I, I love the first and the second book. I thought the first two books were really solid, really interesting, good page turner kinds of books but i wasn't as much of a fan of as of the third book it's a big shift although i think the movies they they kept it a little bit more actiony and and hit the highlights more than they did in in the book in a way there's there's a lot of kind of rough stuff that happens and and in all the stuff with uh going on with uh katniss and and Peta. i'm not going to give it away if you've not either seen this movie or, uh, or read the books i'm not going to give everything away or, or details but but of course in a movie they, they have the uh, ability uh, both a good and a bad thing to kind of hit the highlights and and so it was it was a lot like the previous films in a way although i think this movie is a little bit more straightforward it, you know it's it's really finishing off the whole thing uh, there, there are a few little changes. I, I saw a link, and I didn't look at it e- the other day up online about how the uh, the title of the link was something like how the Hunger Games films almost ruined the the franchise or ruined the books. And I and I and I think their point is is that they're not as rich as the as the uh, as the books and interesting, and they've changed a, a few little things uh, to 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 them as well. You know, the, the, for example, a counter to that is the, the Lord of the Rings movies are pretty well received by even fans of the books, even though I think they got a bit uh, overburdened to a degree. Peter Jackson. Yes. And and we won't even talk about the Hobbit and how, uh, (laughs) how he turned a simple little book into this epic. I, I enjoy the films, but man, they are not the Hobbit. I mean, they are not the book. So, uh, But anyway, this, it wrapped things up. I'm glad I saw it in the theater. I love to see these kind of films in the theater. It gives you a different kind of experience, and it's more um, kind of epic. And there's a really good theater by me, and they have this huge, huge screen. It's not quite IMAX, but it uses Dolby Atmos sound, and and it's curved, and it's very immersive. It's a great theater, and it's very inexpensive. You can go see a matinee there for $7 so it's a, it's a great deal i feel and anytime i can see a movie in that theater i try to do that as much as i can i hoping i think that theater is the one i know it's the movie theater i'm going to that complex for the force awakens on opening uh, or the pre-opening night thing but i'm not sure exactly which theater in there i imagine it's probably that one that is uh, their biggest theater so i would imagine it's probably and hopefully that one i'm not sure if it's showing a lot multiple times that night I don't think it was when I looked at the times, but that could change. Who knows? So, uh, yeah, so I enjoyed the movie. Uh, You know, I always thought the actors do a good job. I think Jennifer Lawrence really has come, uh, you know, compared to the first Hunger Games movie. I mean, there's some pretty serious emotions in this film. I felt sometimes in the earlier movies she has this kind of flatness and, and in a way, sort of this stunned quality. And I I don't know if that was intentional, if that's her style of acting, if that's what the director told her to do but I, I, think she's a lot more animated in this movie than in some of the earlier stuff. And it, um, it's good, it's good stuff. So, okay. So what else? I'm trying to catch up on some of my TV shows as, um, I've had a little more time, uh, during the holiday here to catch up on, on TiVo and what I've got recorded. Uh, most shows I'm about one episode back on, which isn't bad. Cause some of them, I was back like two or three episodes <laughs> and, uh, i uh let's see oh i also on top of that i started uh jessica jones uh on netflix which i won't uh comment on except to say it's pretty good and just like daredevil it's kind of a slow burn slow build Um, i just finished the fourth episode i think there's 13 for this first season uh starring kristen ritter who's really great really fantastic in this role And it's, uh, yeah, it's good. I I highly recommend that if you're into, uh, you know, superhero-ish type stuff, although it's not heavy superhero thing. It's a lot more uh, Personnel. I was going to say, a lot more um, character-driven. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, Then, you know, like an Avengers film or a Captain America film. Oh, by the way, that Captain America Civil War trailer came out. That is um, amazing looking, uh, and I would expect nothing less Marvel just continues to just roll down the the train tracks and and full steam ahead and good for them, but yeah, Jessica Jones. Uh, I'm still enjoying a lot the new show Limitless. Uh, of course, the old old standbys or the the good old shows that I that I've been watching for a while like Grimm are, are great. I also I'm watching the new Ash versus Evil Dead or I think it's called Ash versus Evil Dead. Although I think it should be Ash versus the Evil Dead maybe. They should have thrown a the in there. It seems easier to say. Um, Lucy Lawless is on that show, too, which is funny. Not funny, but just, uh, you know, it's good to see her. Because some of the uh, the people behind the scenes, like her husband, who she met on Xena, and, uh, you know, uh, there, there's a lot of connections to those shows uh, that, uh, you know, Bruce Campbell's worked with the Ramey brothers for a while, the Ramey, Guys, we'll call it uh, Sam Raimi, of course, who did *Evil Dead* with with Bruce. We saw Bruce down in Austin. He photobombed uh, the anomaly folks, and that was cool. So uh, that's fun. That that shows good. Gotham uh, is is getting a little darker even <laughs> this year more than. And I think I've probably said before, uh, *Supergirl* is great. *Supergirl*, I, I'm really enjoying it. It's it's a lot of fun. Uh, and uh, really, really, uh, I think a strong cast, and I, I think they're they're starting to slightly develop into now. Uh, it, there's a little deeper story going on. Some little hints of things have been coming out. So, uh, so yeah, that uh, that's good too. Uh, you know, there's a lot of good stuff on. Really, truthfully, too much to watch. I also started watching this new Into the Bandland Into the Badlands, which isn't exactly really a a a geeky sci-fi show although it's supposedly it's set in the future and some comic book people are involved in it Um, but there's a martial arts it's basically a martial arts show and they do a great job with that so it's almost worth it I've only watched I think there's only been two episodes so far so uh, still getting into that as well and oh The Walking Dead of course I have to mention has just been crazy this season Uh, that show continues to just just blow me away. Uh, one of my favorites uh, on television is just so well done, so well acted. Such a character-focused uh, show, which you know you don't think about that it would be like that, but it is. And and the comic is the same. So plenty of good geeky things to to watch on television at the movies. There's still a couple of movies out. Oh, I saw James Bond. I don't even know if I mentioned that on the podcast. I saw that a couple of weeks ago. It's been so many things going on, uh, but it was good. Yeah, I, I liked it. Spectre. Or Spectra, or whatever they call it. I think it's Spectre, really, is the way you say it. Um, yeah, it's a good movie. I, you know, maybe not quite up to the Skyfall level. Skyfall was a great movie. Casino Royale was great. Both of those, uh, really strong. I still think it's a solid movie, solid Bond movie. And, oh, of course, I should also mention, speaking of, of the British side of things, uh, mention Doctor Who. Wow, there's been some pretty big episodes in the last couple of weeks for that show. I'm not going to say anything more than that. I think we've got one, maybe more, uh, maybe one or two, I don't know, before the, the Christmas special. The, they got to be nearing the end of the series because I think I just saw episode 11 or or whatever they call it over there, series, whatever this is. and I guess they still call them individual episodes, right? But yeah, they they near they must be nearing the, the end of the run for, the, for this uh, series, this year's worth of, of Doctor Who. I'm not sure. I, I would assume it's finishing before Christmas. I think they usually do about 13. Maybe did I hear that they're going to do a few more? I should know better. But they, again, they've got to be nearing the end. And it kind of seems like it's kind of heading to a conclusion in a way or wrapping up this year's run. Peter Capaldi, I think, has been great. I, I've... Uh, Really enjoyed him as the doctor this season, uh, probably even more than his than his first year, which I guess was just last last series or last season, as we say here in the U.S. Uh, but yeah, that's that's a great show. Enough about a lot of that. I'm about 16 minutes into the podcast. I think we're gonna go bound into, <laughs> run into, uh, jump right into the Enterprise episode, Regeneration. I'm gonna play the episode comment along and uh yeah so i'll stream it here stream the episode off of i don't know netflix or whatever i pop up amazon or whatever to to stream it and i'll play it for you and i'll comment on the episode regeneration which i think is a season two episode i gotta double check that but uh yeah here we go with enterprise All right, we're in like a snow Arctic Circle uh, storm in the Arctic Circle on Earth. Uh, like a transport-type shuttle is uh, landing, and it's a little group of guys that are walking in the snow here with, like, tricorder-type devices out.
0: I think this is the place.
3: They're obviously out to investigate something, and they're uh, walking ar- around some debris and... and metal type objects. Looks like the remnants of a crashed uh, ship. And they're in outfits and uniforms similar to the away team, what they wear sometimes when they're on inhospitable type planets. One of them in the snow is sort of brushing it away uh, in an area and underneath and frozen in ice is what is obviously a Borg. But they don't know what that is, of course, at this stage. But a Borg drone frozen in the ice in the Arctic on Earth. So hey, what's up with that? Okay, so this episode of Enterprise, let me give you some background here. It is indeed from Season 2, near the end of Season 2, production number 49 in the series. It first aired on May the 7th, 2003. It was written by Mike Sussman and Phyllis Strong, directed by uh, directed by David Livingston. It was produced and made back in, uh, you know, a couple months prior to its release, as usual. And uh, it takes place in the year 2153. And this basically sets the stage, or is in a way, not sets the stage, but is sort of a follow-up or a sequel in a way to the uh, what goes on in the movie first contact Zephron cochran and all that if you know enterprise you know that he's a he's a little bit of a part of enterprise in terms of he works with uh, archer's father in developing uh, warp drive vessels and he's older of course in in enterprise but um but anyway yeah back to the show now here
0: Tell Commander Williams he owes me a bottle of scotch. (laughs) Sir? He'll know what it means.
4: Drake out. I'm picking up EM traces a few dozen meters under the
3: glacier. There's a lot more here than we're seeing. So there's three people here that are investigating. Two men and one woman. and this one's uh, not quite as uh, buried in the snow. Now, it's a little later. There's, like, a snow removal plow-type thing. There's been a base camp kind of set up.
0: I give up. What is it? An arm. It's his. You're joking. From what I can tell, it was integrated into his circulatory and nervous systems. He could probably operate it like it was his own flesh and blood. I met a Vulcan scientist who wore a prosthesis. He lost his forearm. It's pretty sophisticated, but it doesn't compare to this. Take a look at the eyepiece. Judging by the optics, I'd say you could see most of the EM spectrum. Did you run a genetic analysis? That's even more interesting. They don't have much in common. They belong to two different species. Transmit your findings to Starfleet. Maybe they'll find a match in their database, right away.
4: Sir, I've run every test in the book. I still can't identify this alloy. What about this? Well, I thought it was simple thermal damage until I found signs of antimatter residue.
0: Maybe their warp drive overloaded.
4: That could explain why there's not much debris. I did find some carbon traces. Could you date them? This debris's been here for about 100 years.
3: The woman in this, uh, in the episode here, uh, her name in the episode is is Rooney. Uh, Take a look at this. The actress is Bonita Frederici. She's uh, uh, married to uh, Dr. Phlox, they're uh, repairing
0: the cell membranes.
3: in real life.
0: What are they? To, I believe um, looking at a form of nano.: John Billingsley. I've found thousands of these in both aliens. She also was a regular, semi-regular on tissue, the, the show the mechanical Chuck. mechanical components as well. As far as I can tell, this arm's as good as new. The Denobulans have experimented with nanotechnology, but they have nothing like this. Maybe we should move the bodies to Module Three, put them back in cold storage with the other samples. That way, we can examine them later under controlled conditions. Couldn't the bodies be damaged if we freeze them again? I guess it's possible. Then we should leave them here, let the regeneration process continue. What if it revives more of their systems? Not a
3: really good idea. We don't know anything about this species. (laughs) what
0: they were doing here a hundred years ago there's no reason to assume they're hostile (laughs) they don't exactly look friendly starfleet has asked us to find out everything we can keep them here for now we'll see what happens
3: maybe post some guards set up some force fields Uh, yeah this isn't gonna be going well this reminds me it's kind of reminiscent of the movie uh plenty uh the thing
0: you seem a little jumpy
4: Cybernetic corpses digging through frozen remains in the middle of the night. Why would I be
0: jumpy? I'd be more worried about the polar bears.
4: <laughs> I've identified 22 fragments of the outer hull. Each one has the same curvature. I think this ship was a perfect sphere. How big? About 600 meters in diameter.
0: The debris field could be a lot more extensive than we thought. So, of course,
3: this is the uh, debris left by that Borg sphere from First a Contact.
4: Help me with this.
0: Just what the doctor ordered. Thanks. How are your friends? A little on the quiet side. There's a broken heating unit in module three. They've asked me to take a look. Will you be all right here? Go ahead. I'll be fine. Okay. well
3: this guy at least has got a like a weapon on his lap you know he's got a uh, some kind of a phase or rifle of some kind guy just the other guy just brought him some coffee and he spills it but uh, And they're both, uh, the Borg, the two that they have here, they're laying on biobeds, but nothing is uh, registering at this point, although better? he heard something move, like a
0: servo.
4: Deuterium residue. Might be some kind of warp coil?
0: Seems too small for a ship this size.
4: I'd like to bring it back to the lab, take a closer look.
3: So one of them is basically waking up and reviving. It's kind of cool. They show the the Borg's view of the guy from his perspective. It's sort of all green. Uh, so two of them are r- rushing back because they heard a scream, a couple of phaser blasts. one guy the one scientist guy is on the ground here
0: get me a medical kit
3: but you can see he's already been zapped with some nanoprobes on the ground and then a borg another the borg that woke up shows up and Admiral, catches a the problem woman
5: with the A6 excavation team the science council hasn't heard from them in 3 days
3: and now you're just telling get me shuttle ready. 3 days So there's another shuttle that shows up. Uh, Obviously they've lost contact with this group, and Admiral Forrest is with them. Everything's sort of um, frozen over. They went into the module where the Borg were. It's open to the cold now. No one's there. Everyone's gone. Now finally we're on the Enterprise, or, or showing the Enterprise.
2: The admiral thinks that they are humanoids, enhanced with technology. He believes they abducted the research team. We're a long way from the Arctic. What can we do? Earth tracking stations spotted the transport, leaving orbit at warp 3.9. That's impossible. Those transports can't exceed 1.4. I think it's safe to assume these aliens reconfigured the engines, using technology from their own ship.
3: That's some pretty good reconfiguring in a short time.
2: (laughs) But their heading puts them within a half dozen light years of our current position. We've been ordered to find the ship.
1: It shouldn't be difficult to isolate their warp signature.
2: We'll start searching at these coordinates. Go to Tactical Alert. Lay in a course. Aye, sir.
3: So they're obviously chasing down this uh, shuttle that the Borg basically hijacked. Very uh, nice for a century.
2: Hard to believe anything could survive. Hands
5: Want to see me, Lieutenant? Yes. The research has gathered a great deal of biometric data on these aliens, but I'm having trouble making heads or tails of it. How can I help? Well, this arm might contain some sort of weapon. If I can determine its yield, we'll have a better idea of what we're facing. What sort of people would replace perfectly good body parts with cybernetic implants? You of all people should be open-minded about technology. I don't have a problem with it, as long as it stays outside of my skin. If your heart was damaged, would you want me to replace it with the synthetic organ, or would you rather die? That's different. Hmm. There's a species I once encountered in the Beta Magellan system, the binars. When they're born, a surgeon removes the child's parietal lobe and replaces it with the synaptic processor. I saw the procedure performed once. It was very impressive. Yeah, I'm sure it was. Anything? I don't see any evidence of a weapon. The research team was heavily armed. How did these aliens manage to overpower them?
3: Because they made them like them. Bridge to Captain Archer. They assimilated them. Go ahead.
1: We're receiving an automated distress call. It's from a Tarkalian freighter.
3: Oh, by the way, the music in this There's episode is especially good. I think it's uh, it's by uh, Any ship a well-known composer, Brian Tyler.
1: Request immediate assistance. That's it, sir.
2: How long to reach them? About an hour. Set a course.
3: It's fairly a dark episode, too, in a way. Pretty intense. So this modified shuttle is attacking this freighter.
2: This is Captain Archer of the Starfleet vessel Enterprise. Stand down your attack or we'll open fire. They're charging weapons. Some kind of proton burst. Those transports aren't normally armed.
1: Obviously, the engines aren't the only system they've upgraded.
2: Any human bioscience?
1: Nine on the Arctic transport. The readings are erratic.
2: Can you disable their weapons? I believe, sir. So. Their weapons are down. They're going to warp. Is there anyone alive on the Tarkalian ship?
1: Two biosigns on their upper deck, reading minimal life support.
2: Hold our position. Get a shuttle pod ready. You have the bridge.
5: Tarkalians should live. Nanoprobes have infiltrated their autonomic systems. Their renal glands have been replaced with devices like this. Essentially, these individuals are being transformed into some sort of
2: cybernetic hybrid. You said the human biosigns were erratic.
5: It's
1: likely the researchers are going through a similar transformation.
5: Can you remove the nanoprobes? Not surgically. These devices are multiplying at an extraordinary rate. I could never extract them all. I'm attempting to slow their progress with a modified retrovirus, but so far I haven't been very successful.
1: Perhaps you should isolate them in the decon chamber.
5: If you do that, I won't be able to treat them as effectively.
2: I don't believe they're a danger to the crew. I'm not so sure. I'll have Malcolm post a guard.
3: Post a couple of guards, maybe. I mean, look what just happened in, on the Arctic station with an armed team of uh, Starfleet people. Anyway.
2: Come in.
1: I've contacted Tarkalia. I told them we're doing everything we can for their crewmen.
2: Any sign of the transport? Nothing. There was something familiar about all this, but I couldn't put my finger on it until I found the speech Zephyr Cochrane made 89 years ago. When I was a kid, I read everything I could about him. It. it took me a while, but I finally found it in the database. He was giving a commencement address at Princeton when he started to talk about what really happened during first contact. He mentioned a group of cybernetic creatures from the future who tried to stop his first warp flight when he was living in Montana. He said they were defeated by a group of humans who were also from the future.
1: As I recall, Cochrane was famous for his imaginative stories. He was also known to be frequently intoxicated.
2: (laughs) No one took him seriously. And he recanted the whole thing a few years later. But you have to admit, there are similarities.
3: Yeah, come on, guys. He's a scientist. He
2: said their ultimate goal
1: was to enslave the human race.
2: If he was right. They might be heading back to their homeworld, so they can try again.
3: It always seemed to me, too, that the Vulcans uh, that landed during first contact, you know, it seems like they would have been able you? to verify that a little Flux. bit, too. But
5: I'm a physician. You're aboard a starship. We responded to your distress call.
3: It's funny, these aliens look a little like flocks. What
5: did you do to me? Your vessel was attacked. I'm doing my very best to treat you. I'm going to sedate him.
3: Yeah, the one security guy just got tossed across the room. Phlox got injected with nanoprobes. This is not going well. And the two uh, uh, Tarkalian slash Borg are escaping. I guess it kind of makes sense a little bit in a way. I mean, you know. What? They they looked pretty much they could keep them under control, but
5: we were attacked. I've been infected with the nanoprobes. One of the aliens injected me some sort of tubules.
2: Captain. I left her here. Off
5: the it's
3: funny that, that I don't think I've ever noticed that they have a, a ladder hatch access nice, into a uh, sick
5: Your physical strength has been enhanced. It's critical that you don't let them touch you.
3: Blast first, ask questions later.
2: You haven't been infected.
0: Thanks, Doctor.
2: Stay here in case there are any more problems. Understood. The bridge, if you need anything. Actually, it's uh,
5: feeding time for my Adosian slugs. They're quite partial to boiled root leaf. I usually pick some up from the galley, but under the circumstances,
2: I'll have it brought down.
3: Poor flocks. Infected again by one of his patients. So these two Tarcalians that they rescued are now climbing through the Enterprise uh, decks. Seems like security protocols would be able to let them seal off, you know, access. They know they went that way. I, I always wondered about stuff like that. You know, you'd, you'd think you'd have a pre- pretty quick way to seal off sections. I mean, I know they've tried sometimes, but... For also for people who are not familiar with Federation starships which I don't think they are they seem pretty darn good although maybe some of that's the bore game modified most of the
2: primary systems it's hard to say all plating these look like weapons nodes I don't even want to guess what this thing's for
3: trip is uh looks telling that like
2: they've enhanced the app plating yet if we can punch through it here we should be able to knock out this EPS manifold take down their main power one or two torpedoes how to do it
1: all the captain archer
3: how about like five or six maybe just have located them.
1: the transport Destroyed on long-range <laughs> sensors. They're traveling at warp 4.8. How far are they? Less than two light years.
2: I need you to coax a little more power out of the engines. I'll give it a shot. Travis, land a course. Warp 4.9. Aye, sir. How about warp I, they've doubled their five. double the top speed in less than 12 hours. let's so hope they didn't have time to upgrade their weapons.
3: So Malcolm and his security team are searching for the uh, the Borg. We'll just call him the Borg now. Again, really like the music in this episode. It's really, uh, really well done. At first, when I first heard about they were doing the Borg for Enterprise, I said, well, that's a dumb idea. You know, it messes up the timeline and all that. But this episode works pretty well, I think. Uh, they keep it fairly contained. It makes sense with the debris from the sphere. Uh, so, I, yeah. I like what they did with this one. It's funny, some of the behind-the-scenes things, the, the people who worked on the show also felt the same way. They said, well, you know, the Borg are first to show up on TNG, not even TOS, and this happened. Oh, the Borg are now shooting their little tubules into the uh, what you're doing. electronics. Shoot her. Shoot her now. i I
2: have to. I said
4: step away.
3: Malcolm, it takes a few shots with these guys.
4: Maximum setting.
5: Fall back.
3: So the other bored guy shows up and is. is Funny, the phasers don't do anything, but a, a slug from
2: a rifle gun does. They're in
5: maintenance shaft C,
2: junction twelve. They appear to be modifying systems. What's in that junction? Cut them off. Warp plasma regulators. Can you stop them? Our weapons were useless. They're equipped with some kind of energy shielding.
5: Sir, our warp field's destabilizing. It's them.
2: Isn't there an outer hatch in that junction? Yes. Malcolm get out of that section and seal it off
0: understood
3: well there we go oh, gotcha. now we're talking take us out of war
2: we're clear captain what's up, commander
3: So yeah, there was a, a
1: the junction's empty.
3: A s- scene where basically the the hatch Close the above hatch them pressurized They they opened the hatch and the two borg uh, got sucked out.
2: Malcolm. I want you to work with Trip. Find out what they were doing in there. Aye, sir. Resume course and speed.
3: Hey, you know there you was had no, no choice. There was no choice. Yeah, like Paul said, Archer, of course, is, you know, a little broken up over And I mean, you know, I didn't want to kill those people, but there was no saving service. them, probably,
5: at that point.
1: Root leaf lettuce for your slugs, Vulcan sandworms for the bat, and angel hair pasta for the ship's physician.
5: It's best if I avoid food for the time being.
1: You need to keep up your strength.
5: If I eat, my cellular metabolism will accelerate. The nanoprobes could spread further.
1: Well...
3: Seems like if he was, maybe put himself into stasis, but then a Who, of course, would uh, fix him.
1: Oh, it's Lieutenant Reed's idea. If you come near me, I'm supposed to shoot you.
5: I hope you'll use the stun setting.
1: It's gonna be a few hours before we catch up with that transport. I'm sure that Captain Archer wouldn't mind if I stayed for a little while, kept you company.
5: I appreciate the offer, but it may not be safe to be near me right now.
1: I'm armed. Remember? You've looked after me more times than I can count. I want to return the favor.
5: The technology could assert itself at any moment. I don't know what will happen if it does. I underestimated these nanoprobes once. I don't intend to make the same mistake twice. Do
1: you mind if I feed your animals before I go?
3: Yeah, Hoshi and the Doc always got along real well. I like that uh, relationship. I, I always liked all of Phlox's little animals, too, in, in sick Bay. It, it was a nice little touch that they did and gave him some personality you and uniqueness.
2: It could take days to get all this junk out. What do you think they were doing here? I don't know. But they almost overloaded the plasma regulators. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Why blow up the ship if you're still on it? Remember me that, way? That shielding of theirs was impressive. They might as well have been firing holographic bullets. Uh, too bad you didn't get a closer look. That kind of technology could come in handy. There's got to be a way to get through those shields with face pistols.
5: If I cross-polarize the power cells, it might increase the particle yield. I'll be in the armory.
3: the uh yeah the so the borg were obviously trying to blow up the enterprise and not not even just disable it but blow it up stop them uh, which which makes Go sense talking with cream
1: I believe cream cunningham is in the galley if he'd like something else
2: This will be fine Is this seat taken
1: Please Lieutenant Reed informed me that you plan to disable the transport when we find it.
2: He thinks we can knock out the power systems without causing too much damage.
1: So you still intend to rescue the humans? That's the general idea. If they've already been transformed, that could be difficult.
3: That's a big mistake, yeah.
2: I want to take these people home. The humans and the Tarkalians. No matter what state they're in.
1: There are 29 life forms on that transport. It's logical to assume they've all been infected. We could endanger Enterprise if they're brought aboard. Perhaps you should reconsider.
2: Are you saying we shouldn't go after that ship?
1: I'm saying we destroy it.
2: Blocks to Captain Archer.
3: Yeah, I mean, come on, Archer. You know, you just saw what happened almost to your ship with two of them.
2: On my way. I'm not ready to declare them a lost cause.
3: Resistance is futile. There's a big point in this episode, one of the things, that they never um, identify them as actually called Borg. Uh, Phlox is not looking so
5: good here. How are you feeling? Better than I anticipated. The nanoprobes seem to be having trouble with my immune system. But they're persistent, little fellows, it won't be long before they adapt. Any progress finding a treatment? Possibly. I've been attempting to treat the infection as if it were, uh, well, an infection. Then it suddenly occurred to me this isn't a biological problem. I need to think like an engineer, not a physician. I extracted several of the devices and subjected them to different forms of radiation. Their intramolecular processors appear to be vulnerable to Omicron particles. But if one of a nanoprobe survives, it will start to multiply again, so I'll need to program a rather excessive dose. The side effects will not be pleasant, to say the least. You uh, may want to keep this in the event I'm unsuccessful. What is it? A cure, of sorts. It contains a neural toxin that will terminate my synaptic functions within a matter of seconds. Aren't you jumping the gun a little? I have no intention of turning into one of those cybernetic creatures. Increased power another five megajoules.
3: Yeah, so Flocks, you know, like most people, I'm Keep not going to live like
5: Increase this. to seven megajoules.
3: Try eight. I read this scene with Malcolm trying to work Nine. on the weaponry was was just added later. The holding.
2: Bring it up to ten.
5: That should do it.
3: They needed a few extra minutes for the episode. We'll
5: reach that transport in less than an hour. Let's modify as many of these as we can.
3: Really did a good job with this transport, too. I mean, it's it looks so Borgified.
1: The vessel's mass has increased by
5: 3%. They've improved their defenses since we last saw them. Yeah, they're, they're, they're looking pretty tough.
2: Warp 4.96... 9-8, increase speed. We're closing. Target that EPS manifold. They're dropping to impulse.
3: Well, that seems strange. Why do that, right?
4: They're sending a transmission. Some kind of activation sequence? Block it. I can't.
2: Tucker to the bridge. These cybernetic circuits just look like a Christmas tree.
5: This is bad.
1: They're disrupting our plasma network. Main power is failing.
2: We're losing weapons. Blast them. They set us up.
1: They're hailing us. Audio only.
2: This you cannon. will be assimilated. Resistance is futile.
3: Uh, start shooting, please. Start shooting. Although, I think their weapons maybe got disabled. there. I'm not sure.
2: I'll play these down to 81%. Trip, we could use weapons. Going to be a few minutes.
3: Ah, their weapons are out, okay. Yeah.
2: Plating's down another 12%. Is the transporter still online? For the moment. Then you're with me. Captain. I'm counting on you to pull us out of there.
3: Yeah, this is back in the days when captains, you know, went on sh- doctor? away teams. Uh-oh, the doctor is getting a little messed up here. Prepare
5: the irradiation sequence but I'll need you to activate it once the chamber's
2: sealed. All you have to do is press this.
3: Hurry up, Doc, get in the tube.
2: It may take a few seconds to recharge after each shot. Put us as close as you can to their EPS manifold. Aye, sir.
3: Archer gives a little look to the transporter here, you know, because they're still not comfortable using the transporter, which I I, I like that they keep that for a little while. Still gives them a little bit of the heebie-jeebies. That's the technical term for it, right? So Malcolm and Archer are aboard uh, the Borgified shuttle. Everything's green. We got all the little like alcoves built. These guys have been busy.
2: All plating's at
3: 23%. They found a, a couple of drones sort of regenerating in an alcove right now. Malcolm's got his gun, his phase pistol, just, like, a foot away from one of them. Just, like, just make a move, buddy. Make a move. Did a good job with this episode, though. There's a lot going on. Oh, and now two of the uh, drones, they appear to be the, two of the Arctic human uh, scientists uh, came at them and they blasted both of them. Archer recognizes one of them.
2: This was one of the researchers. Was? Look at these biosigns. They're not human anymore. Uh-oh, three more are coming.
4: We've been boarded. Six Biosigns C Deck.
1: Alert security. Bridged Commander Tucker. Go ahead. How much longer?
2: I think I've isolated one of the power relays. Stand by.
3: Ah. Tripp's modified weapons are doing a pretty good job on them so far, at least. Until they adapt, of course. Same as the others. Well, they dropped two of them on the Enterprise, but the rest of them are adapting with their shields. Seems like they should. Well, they're probably having to avoid the board. Uh oh. So they uh, they manhandled that one to the ground, pulled out some of his circuitry. That's it, Captain. So three drones came at him. They took those guys out. Now they're setting some charges here on this. Uh, EPS uh, They're manifold.
1: They're cutting into the hull. Edac starboard four quarter. Evacuate that section.
3: They're doing what? what? Save it what? Down. Hurry, Malcolm. Help him. Help. Now
0: transporter.
2: Acknowledged. Now.
3: Tick tock. Malcolm. The F three beams back. He's got this little remote control and, and blows it up.
5: Tucker to the bridge. Go ahead. The
2: alien circuits are power.
1: Do we have weapons? They're coming online now.
3: There's still uh, at least four four drones on the Borg ship or sorry, well, on the Enterprise, that just beamed back. Our
1: are back online. The transport's been disabled. So has the alien circuitry. Did you find the research team?
2: There isn't anyone on that ship we can help anymore. Sir. Something's happening on the transport. Their systems are being restored. They're charging weapons. Target their warp core. Hit them with everything we've got.
3: Yeah, nice explosion there, just pretty much destroyed them, although there's little bits floating around still.
2: But what about flocks? Captain Starlog, March 1st, 2153. Repairs to the ship are underway, and we've resumed our previous heading in low warp. Dr. Flox is confident he'll make a complete recovery. Aren't you supposed
5: to be in bed? I'm merely catching up on some paperwork. Nothing too strenuous, I assure you. It's vital to keep the mind occupied during the healing process. They say doctors make the worst patients. Captain, there's something you should know. I had a rather strange experience while I was infected. I believe I was connected with the aliens, possibly through some form of telepathy. You think they were trying to communicate with you? Not precisely. It felt as though I was part of a group consciousness.
1: You were under extraordinary physical stress. You may have
5: imagined it. It seemed quite real. I couldn't understand most of what I was hearing, but I got the distinct impression they were trying to send a subspace message. They transmitted a numerical sequence. I heard it over and over again.
3: So they sent a message back home, basically it looks like, right? Back to
2: the Borg Collective. The computer analyzed Phlox's numbers. Their pulsar frequencies, with geometric lightyear measurements.
1: Spatial coordinates.
2: They told their homeworld how to find Earth.
1: Did you learn where the message was sent?
2: Somewhere deep in the Delta Quadrant.
1: Then I doubt there's any immediate danger. It would take at least two hundred years for a subspace message to reach the Delta Quadrant, assuming it's received at all.
2: Sounds to me like we've only postponed the invasion until what? The 24th century.
3: And yes, you have. So see how nice that all fits together? I, again, I think they did a good job with this. I know it kind of skirts the edges of, uh, of you know, the history a little bit, but uh, yeah, I liked it. So we'll dial down the music a little bit. Uh, yeah, good episode, strong episode. Uh, Use the cast well. Uh, interesting to bring the Borg into Enterprise. I like uh, the connection to First Contact and Zephryn Cochran and all that. Yeah, this is, I think, one of the strong episodes from Season 2, uh, which is probably... You know, as most people have always said about Enterprise, I think the first couple of seasons, maybe... There's some good episodes, some strong episodes, but I I definitely think season three and four are the best of Enterprise. And this is a standout one, though. Again, good music, a good look, uh, good effects, and uh, a solid story. They they really were able to pull it off, I think, pretty well. They could do the, uh, you know bring the borg into enterprise without kind of messing things up too much uh, a, lo- a lot of uh a lot of good stuff in this one so uh, yeah okay i'm gonna take a short break i'll come back with a quick uh, review of a collectible and also a talk about a comic uh that i read recently and a few other comic comments and not comic isn't funny but just comic book right <laughs> i'll be right back
4: I'm Jen. And I'm Angela from
1: the Anomaly Podcast. And you're listening to Trex and Sci-Fi.
3: Okay, a uh, quick collectible review. I received, uh, I pre-ordered this a while back and it just came uh, earlier this week. It is the uh, Forbidden Planet Blaster This uh, from this 1950s uh, classic sci-fi film. This is the little uh, blaster that the United Planets cruiser guys use, Leslie Nielsen and company. And it's um, it's a little bit of an odd-shaped weapon. I've always thought it's a little bit weird-looking in a, in a way. But it looks like kind of a classic ray gun style. It's uh, got kind of a... Uh, uh, a dark gray metallic finish kind of like an auto paint type finish for somebody like me that does auto paint for a living uh it it's very familiar to me in the, in the look of it uh, but it's a metallic dark gray and it has this front uh crystal like a uh, clear area that the light up uh feature of it works and, and same in the movie at least there is a uh, a small little red trigger on it uh, unlike the real prop which uses a dark black trigger that you don't notice as much i, I wish they did a better job with the trigger i thought the trigger w- was uh, wouldn't have been that hard for them to do but they just opted for a simple standard um electronic button uh red button there even if they had painted it black or something it would probably be better but um But yeah, it's a pretty good piece. It's not too expensive. It's by a company called Museum Replicas. I got it off Entertainment Earth. It it uses two AAA batteries that uh, the back portion of it uh, has a magnetic uh, uh, catch system that holds it in place. And you just sort of gently pull off the back plate and then you can get to the battery pack. And I I had hoped and and wished, but I I didn't think it was going to happen, but that there was some sound that they were going to put in it. But uh, there may be room to put sound in this. Uh, it's a little tight inside, but maybe a small sound chip or sound module it might be able to slip slip in there and use the same battery power as the light does. The light up feature works well; it lights up real real bright. And the um, the only other little comments about it is um, it, I thought the paint job's a little bit rough. Although if you look at some pictures of the original prop, it's even rougher. Of course, when you know, people don't always realize, but props and things for movies are actually really not nearly as nice as you would think. They, they they generally don't show them in close-up, so they don't have to do a real tight, clean job, especially back in older movies, older TV shows. They probably do a little better job these days because of technology, and especially with everything being done in like high def, uh, you don't want uh, a, a crummy-looking prop uh, to be uh showing up in a movie or TV show these days with all the resolution that we have and technology that we have. So but back in that day, uh boy, that it it um it really they didn't have to do a lot of detail. Even in the old Star Trek series, it's the same case. So the silver trim on this is not it's pretty well painted, but not the best. And, and it's a, and it's a bit rough, but I might clean that up at some point myself. But overall, for the price for a prop that I always wanted, I think it's very cool. It comes with a stand. And, yeah, I'm happy to have it. Uh, I always wanted to get one of these. There's a there's a guy named Richard Coyle that does some of this, uh, recreate some of these on his own. Uh, and uh, I was thinking about getting one from him a, a couple of times and a couple other props that he makes, but never got around to it. And so I, I was happy to pick this one up. It's it's not too bad. It was only 149 I think, is what the price was. You might even be able to get it on sale with all the Christmas sales going on. So, uh, so yeah, Forbidden Planet Blaster by Museum Replicas. If you like that movie a lot, you know, check out this prop. I'll put a couple of pictures. I already did on on the Facebook group, but I'll put a couple in the in the podcast notes for this week. The other thing I wanted to briefly touch on is uh, comics, uh, specifically one comic that I just got this uh, past week, The Dark Knight. Uh, dark knight 3 uh which um, frank miller again you know he did the dark knight one and two there's a new book out i'm just grabbing it here it has a black cover with a uh, batman kind of in shadow it's by uh, uh frank miller again it's a whole it's a huge group of uh actually credits here and there's a lot of variant covers out there story by frank miller and brian Azarelio, Ezer- how do you say that guy's name i don't know Andy Kubert, Kubert uh, is doing the pencils. It's uh, it's based on, of course, *The Dark Knight Returns* by Frank Miller. So this is picking up, uh, you know, with Batman in the future, Batman older, uh, and what's been going on with him. They did a, you know, like I said, the classic *The Dark Knight Returns* and *Dark Knight Returns* Part Two, and now Part Three. I've heard they're going to do even more than this. I'm not sure. It's a limited series. This is the first book. I'm not sure how long it is. It's called. Actually, it's called DK3, The Master Race, and I'm not going to say that much about what happens in this first issue. I think the art's good, and uh, but there's a couple of surprises in this first issue, and I like it so far. So I'm a big comic book fan, big fan of Frank Miller and Batman, of course, so check this out if you get a chance. I, I think it's uh, well worth reading, and uh, of course, if you've never read The Dark Knight Returns by Frank Miller, you got to read that first or... Or watch the uh, watch the Blu-ray DC uh, animated version of it. They did a really good job on that. And uh, actually, they released it on, in two separate movies. But I think you can buy a multi-pack nowadays, these days, and get the whole thing in one set. Okay, so, <clears throat> excuse me, need a little more tea here. Um, I think that'll about do it for this week's uh, episode of Treks in Sci-Fi. I'm going to go give you a quick, uh, just a quick brief rundown of what's coming up on the show. Oh, and one other announcement—I should have said this earlier to, in the, in the podcast—but um, what I'm going to do this year for uh, Secret Santa—in the you know—in the past few years, we have done uh, Secret Santa with some of the members of the TSF community. Uh, we've exchanged gifts, done a video cast, put that all together. This year, I decided to do something a little different. Uh, I am going to—I'm asking people to basically uh, pick something to donate to or pick multiple things, you know, to donate to, whatever you'd like to. With everything going on in the crazy world, I thought, you know, if you want to donate to Toys for Tots or the Red Cross— or maybe support some of the organizations to help out the victims of the Paris attacks. Right now, that's in fresh in people's minds. There's tons of things, Meals for Wheels, whatever. Um, whatever you'd like to donate to. And then create like a little short little video of, of two or three minutes. MP4 format is probably best. And and get those to me. Email them at treksf at gmail.com. Uh, or, <clears throat> excuse me. And I need those by, let's see, I think I asked for them for, um, get them to me just by the, or, you know, before Christmas. Because I'm going to do a video cast of that just after Christmas, the weekend after Christmas. So, uh, yeah, uh, I'm going to call it the Not So Secret Santa. And uh, I'm really hoping we get a lot of people participating this year. I'll make some reminders of it on the upcoming uh, week's podcast as we head to closer to Christmas and also on Facebook as well. But uh, coming up on the show in the next few weeks, uh, next week I'm looking for a guest host, looking for a guest speaker, guest uh, podcaster for next week's December 6th show. On the 13th of uh, December, I decided to do sort of a a casual show. I'm going to call it the Future of Trek. I'm welcoming all of your audio comments. It's just going to be an audio show uh, but here, this is where I'm going to talk about, like, you know, we're, we'll be about a year away from the new Trek series. I know there's been a lot of jibber-jabber about it on, online, mostly about CBS's uh, uh, cost model for it and, and the way they're going to do it with this CBS all-access thing. But this show is going to be mostly about, hey, what we would like to see. What what do you think would be interesting to see in a new Trek series? Supposedly it's not connected to the films, not connected to the J.J. Abrams rebooted uh, TOS-type era films. So that's good in a way. I, I didn't think it would ever be that. I, I think that would have been too complicated, and I think it wouldn't have been a really the best idea for a TV show. I think it's okay for movies, but uh, so that's going to be on the 13th. So think about that. Uh, send me an audio comment before. I'll hang on to it till that show. On the 20th, I uh, December, which will be a couple of days after The Force Awakens comes out, I'm going to do a big video cast kind of done this for a few films that did it for the star trek movies and i want to do it even though it's only gonna be a couple of days after the movie comes out here's your incentive to see it quick and early which you know come on us mega fans are going to definitely be out there opening weekend seeing this movie if not opening day so uh that show will be on december 20th uh, a couple of days after the movie comes out so if you want to send me a video or you know your video reaction to the film and i'll include it in the vidcast for the 20th uh, that's something also to do. Uh, I, I'd really like to have those and, and see what you guys have to say. If if I don't get very many, I'm still going to do a video show and give you my opinion. I'm I'm assuming I'm going to love the movie, and I think it's looking fantastic. They keep doing all these TV spots. It would give us just a little bit more of the movie, and it's just ah, I'm so excited. I've you know. There was a cartoon I saw online about, you know, people counting the days till Christmas. And in this one uh, cartoon, this guy, uh, his wife comes up and he says, he says, she says to him, are you counting the days till Christmas? He says, no, to the new Star Wars movie. And that's kind of how I feel right now. So, And the last, of course, of December the 27th will be our not-so-secret Santa show where I'll be playing your videos with your comments about what uh, you donated to for this holiday season. So I think that'll do it. I, I got some good stuff, I think coming up always uh, grateful for all the people listening to the show and the support. Uh, you guys are fantastic. Uh, check out Vimeo V I M E O.com forward slash Trekkie for all the recent vidcasts and uh, stuff from Austin that were done. And the anomaly ladies have their video show up too with their commentary on Austin comic-con 2015, which was great. I've already tried to make set up some plans and ideas for it for next year's, which is going to be at the end of September. Uh, it, it seems like each year it gets a little earlier and earlier. I think the first year I went down, it was near Thanksgiving, and and now we were into uh, around Halloween, and now we're going to be at the end of September. So and it'll probably be warmer in Texas then, which is fine by me. I like warm, but uh, especially with the weather here. Although we're pretty good today, it's just cold out only 30 32 okay i'm out of here everyone hope you enjoyed today's show look at the enterprise episode regeneration and all the other stuff that we talked about take care i'll talk to you again soon bye-bye and <laughs> bells klaxon
6: bells claxon all the bells, and bells, klaxon all the way. Oh, what fun it is to be on the Enterprise today. Well, may be real smart, but Kirk is really cool. Rigging tests that make the grade like the Kobayashi Maru. Condition red alert, the lights come flashing on. The crew, they're rushing all around and singing this fun song. Oh, claxon bells, claxon bells, claxon all the way. Oh, what fun it is to go to Red Alert today. Claxon hey, bells, claxon bells, claxon all the way. Oh, what fun it is to go to Red Alert today. Claxon bells, claxon bells, claxon all the way. Oh what fun it is to go to red alert today. Hey, and bells, and bells, and all the way. Oh what fun it is to go to red alert today. This has been
4: a week old Dorothy Podcast Production.